Hey, everyone. Welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri alongside uh, some surprise guests today. Michelle Martinelli, our resident NASCAR expert, right? And college football. And college football expert. <laughs> and the person who has of late been helping us produce the For the Win podcast, uh, intern Claire. Claire, introduce yourself. Hey, For the Win listeners. <laughs> Woo, woo, woo! It's a girls-only episode this week. Stephen and Evan were not able to make it today, so I've got some backfill. But I'm pretty excited about the bench that we have right now. All right, so to give you an idea, we're going to spend this episode talking about some college football stuff. We're going to get into Field of Dreams and the Yankees and the White Sox uh, playing on the actual field where the movie was made. Plus, we're going to hit. Uh, uh, the Miami Dolphins owner, Steve Ross, uh, who also owns Equinox and SoulCycle and his Trump fundraiser and kind of the controversy that has caused. So there's a lot of varied mishmash happening. Um, why don't we start with college football? Michelle, why don't you take us through what's happening there? So college football season's about to start. Super excited. I'm so pumped. I miss college football so much. Clemson is the reigning national championship champion, if you recall. They beat the crap out of Alabama in January. And Dabo Swinney came out in an interview with ESPN and said that former quarterback Kelly Bryant is not going to get a championship ring. Uh, Kelly Bryant started and played in the first four games for Clemson last year. He was benched in favor of Trevor Lawrence, uh, lost his starting spot, and then because of the NCAA's new redshirt rules that were implemented last year, he was able to say he's transferring, redshirting, not losing a season. He's off to Missouri now. The point is he played for four games in Clemson's championship season and is not getting a ring which seems like some next-level, unnecessary pettiness from Dabo Swinney. I agree. I'm not an an expert in college football. We talk about the NCAA a lot on this podcast, mostly in terms of how unfair it is. But this is not even a regulation thing. This is just the team taking it out on a player who, after he lost his starting spot, decided that he wanted to transfer out to and so because of that, they're not giving him a championship ring. And it, it seems do like, what's best for him. Right. Make his own personal decision about realizing that what my future holds might not be that great if I am not a starter at a Power 5 school. So what do they want him to do? Just just ride the bench? Yeah. it's Clemson was work, last season was working with two quarterbacks, and they were very open about that. Right. They, they both played in those first four games, Um, but Trevor Lawrence, not to take anything away from him, he's the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy this year. He's phenomenal. But he got the starting job, and Kelly Bryant probably realized that. Like, I'm not going to get this starting job back. Right. The best thing I can do for myself is under the NCAA's new rules last year, you can play in four games and still redshirt. So he was like, okay, that's it. I played in four. You're going to bench me. I'm going to transfer. I'm not going to lose a season. I'm going to go somewhere else and immediately be able to play next season. And that's making the rules work for him, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. The NCAA doesn't often work in the best interest of the athletes. So this is phenomenal. And for them not to give him a championship ring is uh, pretty low. Well, and... It's not to say that they wouldn't have won those games without him, but they might not have won those games without him. And let's say they lose one. 
Clemson loses one in a not strong ACC conference or a questionable ACC conference, however you want to describe it, there's a chance, there's a good chance they're not making the college football playoff in favor of probably Georgia in a stronger conference. So they lose one game. They're not making the playoff. They're not winning their national championship. They're not rubbing it in Alabama's face last year. Like all these things had to happen and there's no guarantee one way or the other. But you can't deny that he didn't contribute to the general cause. Right. And in sports, there is a very strong undercurrent of you're with us until you're not with us. Right. And this is what this is. It's uh, he rejected them first and kind of out of hurt feelings that he doesn't get a ring. Not to mention the fact that Dabo Swinney did just sign a 10-year extension worth $93 million and is not interested in allowing payers, players to get paid. Uh, that, I mean, that's a whole other thing. It's a thing that we have hit <laughs> multiple times on this on this podcast. This podcast is very much in favor of athletes getting paid. Um, but yeah, to not give a kid a ring after he played four games for you is just super, super petty, man. Just punch up. Don't punch below. Um, doesn't make me think very fondly of him. No, it's just unnecessary. Right. Like, why? Why? All right. Well, there are a ton of uh, other things happening in the world, and that's just one more (laughs) (laughs) instance of a person being kind of a jerk when they don't need to be. So let's talk about baseball, which is not something that we hit very often on this podcast, but Michelle is here. So, of course, we're going to talk about baseball. Because I'm the only person, apparently, that likes baseball. Wait, Claire (laughs) likes baseball? Yeah. Who's oh your baseball team? Who's your team? Um, I like the Astros and the Rangers. I'm from Texas, so. Oh, oh. okay. Well, that's fair. The Astros have like an all-star rocking, going to beat the crap out of everybody yeah. starting rotation this yeah, year. Yeah, and the so Rangers used stuff. to be really good like eight years yeah. ago. <laughs> well, now you have the Astros that you can root for, so. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're just kind of, uh, that's a win for you. Um, but we're not actually going to talk about this season. <laughs> We'll get into it a little bit more probably during the postseason, but let's talk about uh, the Yankees and the White Sox uh, and Field of Dreams. uh. So exciting. I'm so excited. Um, The Yankees and the White Sox announced that they are going to Iowa next summer to play. A stadium is being built next door or on the same farm, but adjacent to the Field of Dreams set which is like a thing that people regularly go visit and take pictures with. And it's still like a really big deal, despite the movie being 30 years old. Okay, so before we started the podcast, Claire asked, what's Field of Dreams? Yes. (laughs) So do you actually not know what it is? Yeah, I don't really know what it is. (laughs) That hurts so much. That's like a dagger. Uh, Field of Dreams is the movie starring Kevin Costner, like seminal baseball classic, which I explained to Michelle earlier about magical realism and the, the people coming in and out going into cornfields. The only baseball movie I really grew up watching was Angels in the Outfield. Oh, my God. It's an excellent <laughs> movie. So, I mean, I, I guess that kind of gives you some context as to Claire's age and then probably ages Michelle and I. Um, I grew up watching Angels in the Outfield. Okay, but you also grew up watching Field of Dreams. Yeah. 
So, but that's the film, which uh, I guess if other listeners are not familiar with it, it's the one where the baseball players go in and out of the cornfield and Kevin Costner plows his uh, cornfield under to make a giant baseball diamond. And it has the famous quote, if you build it, they will come. Oh, I know that. <laughs> okay, oh, there you go. There you yeah. go. So that was is what everybody on social media has kind of been saying, if you build it, they will come. And I agree with Michelle. I know that Field of Dreams is not, a movie. I think people have strong feelings about this film. Either you love it or you hate it. I love it. I understand all the reasons that it's super cheesy. Um, when was it made? 1989. 1989. Okay. It's That's like, when my dad graduated high school. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. Moving uh, on. Move, I did not graduate high school in 1989. Okay. <laughs> Let me just be clear about that. But it is up there as like one of in the discussion as one of the greatest, not baseball movies, one of the greatest sports movies yeah. ever. Yeah, there's generally. a lot, again, there's a lot of debate about it. Some people really like it. Some people hate it. Ted Berg hates it. Um, oh, Ted Berg's not on this podcast. <laughs> right, so he cannot defend it. <laughs> but I actually think this is a fun move. This is MLB kind of taking a play from some of the more exciting things that uh, some of the other sports leagues are doing. Uh, the NHL has their stadium series where they go outside to play. Obviously, baseball is played outside, but moving it to this kind of location that has a huge pop culture draw is just good marketing. It gets people who are particularly not interested in baseball interested in the event and the spectacle of the event. And it is, they said it's going to be the first Major League Baseball game in Iowa, which actually, if you think about it, like, Iowa doesn't have a baseball team. Nebraska doesn't have a baseball team. The Dakotas don't have, like, you yeah. like what, the Minnesota Twins and the Colorado Rockies are maybe the closest to Iowa. So, like, that's, the stadium's only going to hold 8,000 8, people, but that's not really the point. It's bringing the sport to an area where it's very much lacking professionally. Yeah, I know, like, the NFL goes to London, mm -hmm. and that's a really big deal, and it's super popular. So the NFL goes to London. Hockey teams go to Europe. They're playing exhibition games in China. There's a lot of cross-marketing that other leagues tend to do. Um, but MLB has... The Yankees and the Red Sox went to London earlier this That's season. true. Yankees and the Red Sox went to London and they had the world's like worst game. <laughs> they scored like 12 runs in the first inning or something. That's... <laughs> but it's the... You know, it's the... The effort to right. branch out and not hit up your traditional baseball metropolitan areas. But, but baseball is popular in Asia, right? Mm -hmm. In Japan. Oh, so there's, popular there's in Japan. So, there's so much of that. To, so it's not like it's isolated in America, but it is. But I will say that MLB is facing kind of a crisis in terms of people not going to games, people not watching them, declining attendance, and they're doing basically anything they can to get people interested again. And this is on par with that. I just think this is fun. Yeah. Like people, I saw some people on Twitter saying like, oh, you're going to have to build an airport for Iowa and you're going to have to build more than a two lane highway in Iowa. And it's just like. You're exaggerating, first right. of all. And second of all, so what? Like, you're bringing the sport to an, a local audience that doesn't typically have Major League Baseball. Yeah. I the think end. it's great. I think it's really fun. And I'm surprised, frankly, that it's taken them 30 years to do this. Mm -hmm. um, so those are kind of our lightweight topics. We're going to get into some of the heavier stuff on the podcast, which we haven't shied away from before. So I don't see any reason to shy away from it now. 
Um, let's talk about the Dolphins team owner, Steve Ross, who is hosting a Trump luncheon. We have had a really tense week, week and a half in America. Three mass shootings. It has been... We had an incident here at USA Today as well, which, if you read the headlines, was a false alarm for a man with a weapon inside of our building. I think it's safe to say there are a lot of people in this country who are on edge, and there is a lot of rhetoric being thrown around between... I will say between everybody about who is responsible for this prevalence of of gun violence. And just to state the facts, it is mostly white men who have a documented agenda of uh, white nationalism. I don't, often a history of domestic violence. Often a history of domestic violence. Those are just facts. You can just look at the stats. Those are not things that people can dispute. One of the things that people have argued about is whether or not the tr- the Trump administration, specifically the president's comments, are inflaming these tensions. We're not going to get into that very particular debate on this podcast right now. But in the context of that, this is why this story is so important. Within the context of all of that, this is why this story is so important, which is that uh, the Dolphins team owner, Steve Ross, is host- is hosting a Trump luncheon, and it's been met with calls for boycotting two of the other businesses that he finances, the Equinox Gyms and SoulCycle. So I can imagine that in any other climate, it would not be such a huge deal for a team owner to... Um, host a fundraiser for a presidential candidate. In fact, these things happen all the time. Robert Kraft is a big Trump supporter. But at the moment, Kraft has been pretty silent about his association with Trump. But the fact that Steve Ross is doing this right now on the heels of what's happening in this country, there are people who have taken sides. that They called for boycotts of Equinox and SoulCycle. Um, I will say that I think it's very hard to be completely to to spend in line with your values considering that so many corporations are housed in so many different umbrella ways like talk about amazon right amazon helps fund ice shelters it's it's very hard for people to boycott facebook um or even like the clothes you put on your back exactly they are often made by exploited people and exactly or the goods that you get from Target, right? They come to your Target stores from truckers who have probably been exploited, right? Capitalism is just straight up awful, but there's no way to get around it. That being said, if you had the opportunity, if you knew, well, at least this is one place where my money should not go, um, would you take it? Yes. Like I and 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 I it, again, like you said, it is really hard. But like I won't go to Chick Fil A. Not that as a vegetarian, there's much options. But right. like I don't eat at Chick Fil A. Yeah, and I don't go to Chick Fil A either. Not that I make a lot of crafts, but I would never shop at Hobby Lobby. Right. Stuff like that. Right. Stuff like that. Where if you are aware of these issues and there's a way for you to avoid giving them your money, you would do that. That being said, I am not rich enough. 
USA Today definitely does not pay me enough to be able to afford an Equinox membership. Also does not pay me enough to be able to afford to go to SoulCycle classes. Didn't you? Weren't, didn't Do we you say they're $34 a class? They're $34 a class. I love indoor cycling. I would never pay $34 for unless it was like for an extended type of pass. Not Just to have orders. someone yell at you. Hmm? Just to have someone yell at you. Yes. So we so our former managing editor, Nina Mandel, was a huge soul cycler. And I never really understood how much she was paying for these classes. I just knew that I did not want to wake up early in the morning and have someone yell at me to ride a bike. That just sounds like a bad experience. I was going to say a curse word and I stopped myself. <laughs> I don't think I realized there was a yelling element to it. I thought it was like a harness your inner inner soul piece no, something or they other like, purpose they motivate you though they're like screaming at you and they have so much control the leader at the front makes the playlists too i understand yeah i don't like that i don't like that either i like my exercising to be just me i don't like group exercising to begin with but this seems like a completely ridiculous experience that people have bought into well and i was actually i was really into cycling classes for a while like I liked it I don't like biking outdoors but I do like the activity of biking indoors which I know sounds stupid but I don't care um (laughs) it's safer it's right it's I just I don't like riding a bike outside it's the end um and I liked regular cycling classes I found an instructor that I liked played good music who wasn't like screaming at you and it wasn't an absurd amount of money yeah and I found that whole experience enjoyable reasonable affordable and all that but this seems like I don't want to pay more than $30 to have someone scream at me at 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, Claire, what are your thoughts? Um, If I exercise, it's on my own, on my own time. It's never super early in the morning. And even if it is in the morning, it's usually in my neighborhood or in my room doing stretches. All right. That makes sense. That's very reasonable. Um, My overall point with this is kind of... uh, that Equinox and SoulCycle, though, they sell a lifestyle. They're not just selling come exercise with us, right? Equinox is a high-end gym for wealthy people. They absolutely do not want poor people or even middle-class people in their gyms. It's incredibly expensive. It's supposed to be super exclusive. So that is what they are selling, right? It's the same thing with SoulCycle. SoulCycle is a lifestyle. It is not just come exercise with us. They want to sell you every single thing else. They want to sell you empowerment and feminism and uh, gay rights. And we're super inclusive and we're super body positive and all this other stuff. So to me, it makes perfect sense that you would want to boycott these companies if you found out that their umbrella financer who makes money every time you go to a class or pay for a gym membership supports uh, the Trump administration that has, uh, you know, has aggressive policies that are against uh, immigration, that has used racist and homophobic language before, sexist language too. So I don't see how they can be surprised, Equinox and SoulCycle, when people want to cancel these memberships. And if if people are actually in the numbers, like if they're actually truthful what they're saying online on social media like it seems like a lot of people yeah flipped out about yeah. this news this week and they are super serious if you have 34 dollars to throw around at a soul cycle class i guarantee you you could find another gym and or cycling class to throw that money at that will gladly take it that perhaps doesn't have right 
one thing and one thing though that we have not seen is people who would boycott the Miami Dolphins because (laughs) people will not give up football for anything like they will absolutely support anyone who is as long as that's their team right they can very much differentiate being a New England Patriots fan and then not caring what Robert Kraft does Oh, 100%. I mean, and you've seen that with fandom of teams and fandom of individual football players. Like, people do horrible things that any other person, you would be outraged. But, oh, you know what? They're good at football, so we're going to give you a pass. My And my reasoning here is that the Miami Dolphins is about uh, Miami and team loyalty. And it's not about... uh, it's very. It's not as much about uh, the lifestyle, right? There is not a Miami Dolphins kind of lifestyle, but there is an Equinox lifestyle. Wow. There is a Soul Cycle <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> Michelle begs to differ. <laughs> no, but but you're right. It's not. It's not a brand of a lifestyle the way other types of companies or organizations are branded to to yeah. teach you to live a certain way. Exactly, and the Miami Dolphins, to my knowledge of now, are not making a lot of money like promoting progressive causes but equinox and soul cycle are making a lot of money pro- promoting progressive causes so um i don't know that's my take on it it's been like i said a pretty stressful week week and a half in the new cycle um any closing thoughts i just feel like the owner should not be surprised that people yeah. are outraged about this when i believe this fundraiser is happening this week mm-hmm Given the last week and a half that we have had in this country and all of the turmoil from shootings and ice raids and everything that's happening just in this time frame. Exactly. You cannot be surprised that people are enraged enough to not give you their money. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the statement that he brought out to distance himself just like Trump is an old friend of mine we have known each other for a long time I like some of his politics but I don't like what he says about race so which is everything in like so much in a nutshell I am not the first person to say that I saw someone say that on Twitter and I wish I could credit them but I don't remember who it was yeah but that was in a nutshell like some people who voted for the president have said well economics I I'll, I can put the racism aside. I can exactly. put the sexism and, and homophobia and xenophobia aside. Yeah. And it's probably people who are white. And it's also really funny. The SoulCycle CEO issued a statement sort of trying to distance themselves from their own owner because they recognized right. that this was going to be an issue. And it's just... I don't know. How did you not? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of my way of saying it. It's just kind of impossible sometimes to stick to sports, right? It overlaps with everything. Everything. It, everything, it worms its way into everybody's conscious. Um, all right. I'm going to sign off. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Claire, for hanging out with us today. Evan and Steven will be back next week. And in closing, please rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to us. It would be super helpful. And we'll see you guys next week.